encased in tight white breeches. Really, he's no better than a cock-robin displaying to a female of his species. The other girls begin to toss their hair and smooth their skirts, and it's perfectly clear to me that they're not in the mood to improve their minds. After a while, the two young men rise from the bench and swagger past, their swords jingling and brass buttons glinting in the sun. Mouths turned down in disappointment, the girls watch them go, and even I must confess, the sight of them is enough to set any young female's heart aflutter. Silently, Amelia hands the book back to me, and I resume the lesson. An hour or so later, a number of carriages roll into the square and draw up outside the three-storey townhouse that is my home, and which accommodates my father's Academy for Young Ladies. The sound of a handbell, vigorously shaken, drifts out of an open window, and my pupils scramble to their feet and brush grass off their skirts. I close my book with a snap. School has ended for the day. Arm in arm, the girls hurry through the iron gates in a flurry of muslin and silken ribbons. My mother and the school's dancing master, Signor Brunetti, are on the front steps, making sure that their young charges are safely stowed into their carriages or returned to the care of their maids. When they have all left, Signor Brunetti kisses my mother's hand with a flourish and bows to me before tripping off home to his own mother. Mama links her arm through mine, and we go inside. I find Papa standing beside the open window in his library, pouring wine into three glasses. Ah, Madeleine, chérie, there you are, he says, a smile creasing the lines around his eyes. He hands me a glass of wine, and the sun catches the gleam of the gold signet ring with its shimmering moonstone that he always wears. The schoolroom was so hot we went into the garden, I say, in French. We always speak in Papa's native tongue when we're alone, but generally revert to English when Mama is with us. Ah, sometimes it is necessary to enjoy the moment. He sits down with a sigh of contentment. Papa is dark and lean, the same height as myself, which is short for a man, but tall for a woman. His high-bridged Gallic nose and penetrating brown eyes give him an uncanny resemblance to an eagle. People say that I look like him, though my eyes are an unusual shade of violet, and thankfully my nose is less pronounced than his. Mama, fair-haired and blue-eyed, was an only child, and became estranged from her family before I was born, but she tells me that none of them had violet eyes. Papa, however, has always refused to discuss his family, so my curiosity about my looks remains unanswered. This infuriating obduracy of his fueled wild fantasies in me throughout my childhood, and now, at twenty-two, I consider myself perfectly mature enough to accept the truth, however unpalatable. But still they remain silent. What terrible act could have caused my parents to reject their families? Or did my mother and father do something so dreadful that their relatives cast them out? 
Papa's gravitas and natural elegance of bearing used to make me wonder if he was perhaps some by-blow of royalty, never to be acknowledged. I am determined I will discover the truth one day. Mama pushes open the library door, and Papa rises to his feet, his eyes shining. Whatever may have happened in the past, the love my parents have for each other remains undimmed by the passage of time. How is your day, Philippe? asks Mama. I had a visitor. Mr. Jeffcott? I spoke to him briefly on my way over to oversee the drawing class, but he wouldn't tell me his business. He was most insistent that he would wait until he could speak to you. He has a proposal for us, and I'm not sure what to make of it, says Papa. What did he want? I ask, curiosity getting the better of me. Mr. Jeffcott is a teacher of...